Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 40 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing strategies and stories for work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about those little bitty building blocks of our lives habits. When so much of our life, 40% of our behaviors are driven by habits, we want to pick some good ones, right? But where do you begin? What are the best habits to have? What are the habits of other successful people? For something so small, yet so impactful, it's understandable to want to get this right. So in today's episode, I'm sharing a quick overview of why good habits are so important. Then I'll dive into a collection of seven success-focused habits so you can pick your favorites, choose your own adventure, and start taking steps in the direction of the life you want to create for yourself. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time right now and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes on all seven of these habits. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 40. That's four zero. And if you're inspired to take any of these seven habits as your own or start a completely different habit, you're going to want to grab the free printable habit tracker that's waiting for you over in the show notes. Using a habit tracker to visually see your day-by-day progress is an amazing way to stay motivated to keep going. And any day is a good day to start a new habit. You don't have to wait for the first day of the week, the first day of the month, and definitely not the first day of the year. Start today by downloading your printable habit tracker over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 40. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one for Sierra H.W., Sierra H.W. was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. Sierra H.W. writes, a truly unique podcast. I find Anna's topics and perspective to be so valuable and unique. It's not the same advice that I tend to hear over and over again on blogs and other podcasts. Each episode is so informative and actionable but never overwhelming or filled with fluff. It's definitely at the top of my podcast rotation. Sierra HW, thank you so much. I'm so glad that It's About Time is giving you something fresh that's not filled with fluff. Thank you so much for being a listener, for leaving us such a kind review, and for including me and It's About Time at the top of your podcast rotation. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Why do we need good habits? Well, habits are the nearly invisible building blocks of our daily life. And studies have shown that 40% of our daily behavior is on autopilot with habits. So if we're looking at 24 hours in a day, that's a little more than nine and a half hours we're spending engaged in some kind of habitual behavior. I mean, is that right? I'm not a math wizard, but 40% of 24 hours is 9.6. And if we sleep eight-ish hours, we're only awake for 16 of those hours. So that's a pretty big chunk of your day that's based on habit. Habits shape our entire lives, whether we realize it or not. And often we just don't realize it because they're so ingrained. This is exactly why it's important to be mindful of those habits that make up that 40% of our actions. They shape our lives. And once you begin to realize just how much of what you do is based in habit, it might make you want to rethink what some of those habits are. So if you are in a habit refresh mood, you might ask, well, what are the best habits to have? Where should I start? And here's where I hate to break it to you, but there is no best list or one-size-fits-all habit prescription for everyone. It's easy to think that if we copy and paste the habits of CEOs, millionaires, successful and creative people, that we will see the same success. And there certainly are enough articles and blog posts out there that will tell you that's the way to go. But copying and pasting, especially when it comes to 40% of our behavior, just isn't the solution. We have to cultivate the habits that work for us. And that's why the number one most important key to habit success is to know yourself and then choose the habits and strategies for sticking to those habits that work for you. If you're looking for some inspiration about what habits you could start, then you've come to the right place. I'm sharing a collection of habits that you can consider for a total of seven. Based on what you know about yourself, listen to each one. Decide whether it might be a good fit or what it might look at work in your life, and then go for it. Use the free habit tracker over in the show notes to capture your habit, your why for starting that habit, and then track your success until it feels like second nature. But if you're looking less for inspiration about which habits to start and more for strategies for designing habits that stick, pause this episode and head over to episode 11, which is called How to Start Habits That Stick and Kick the Bad Ones. In that episode, I break down the anatomy of a habit 
and share strategies about how to build those habits the right way. All right, so if you're sticking with me, let's do this. First, I do want to give a quick recap on the three building blocks of a habit so that when you do choose one or more of these seven, you're building it intentionally. And those three building blocks of a habit are the cue, the routine, and the reward. In his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear uses four parts, the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward, which is a fantastic structure. But for this episode and back in episode 11, we focus instead on these three building blocks, the cue, the routine, and the reward. So let's do a quick breakdown using a habit that all of us, hopefully, have experienced. The cue, you wake up. The routine, you brush your teeth. The reward, minty fresh breath, and the ability to speak to people in social settings without scaring them away. You don't even have to think about it at this point. It just happens. It's a thing you do. All right. Now that we're clear on why it's so important to be intentional about our habits, that 40% of our behavior during the day, and we've got that refresh on the three building blocks of a habit, let's dive into these seven habits that just might change your life. They're Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey is considered the most renowned leadership teacher of our time, and his transformative book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is considered one of the most inspiring and impactful books ever written. Even more books, trainings, events, resources, planners, tools, and more have been developed and designed based on Covey's Seven Habits. I myself purchased my first Franklin Covey planner in college. It was a small green pebbled leather binder with a magnetic clasp, and it came everywhere with me, from classes and student government meetings to sorority chapter nights to the library. It was more than just a planner. It was an organizational system based on these seven habits. I loved it, and my closest friends all knew Franklin, as I called it. (laughs) That's not weird. (laughs) So the seven habits of highly successful people are, one, be proactive. Two, begin with the end in mind. Three, put first things first. Four, think win-win. Five, Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Six, synergize. And seven, sharpen the saw. So let's take a closer look at each of these and how you can start incorporating them into the 40% of your behavior powered by habit. First up, be proactive. While this will certainly look different for each of you based on your job title, industry, type of work, etc., being proactive looks like recognizing that you are in charge and you are in control of your choices. When you recognize that you are in control of your choices, your responses, your reactions, you change the narrative inside your head from victim-focused or reactive to proactive. 
swapping out things like there's nothing I can do and this is just the way I am with I can control how I respond and how I show up. Instead of wallowing in a problem or waiting for someone to tell you that you're ready to do something, you just do it. For real estate agents, this could look like making it a habit to conduct proactive outreach to five former clients every week to strengthen relationships. If you're a social media manager, policy director, or healthcare professional, that could look like proactively staying on top of the latest industry trends by subscribing to newsletters or taking a course to grow your skill set. In our personal lives, Instead of waiting for someone else to make the first move in a relationship, whether that be a friendship or a romantic relationship or a professional relationship, be proactive and schedule the coffee date. Pick up the phone and give that person a call. In summary, making a habit of being proactive looks like the opposite of being reactive. It's being in the habit of having control and acting accordingly. The second of the seven habits of highly effective people is to begin with the end in mind. This always takes me back to Alice and the Cheshire Cat. In Alice in Wonderland, Alice comes across the pink and purple Cheshire Cat sitting in a tree. She asks which way she should go, and the Cheshire Cat asks where she's going. But Alice doesn't know where she's going. She has no end in mind. She was just exploring or wandering. Beginning with the end in mind can apply to your entire life's vision. That story you hope to tell as you're 80 years old reflecting on the past from your front porch rocking chair. Or beginning with the end in mind can apply to the next hour of your life. What do you want or need to accomplish in the next hour? And what does the end look like? Anytime you have a clear end goal, you can make sure you're taking the right steps to get there. So whether you're assembling a piece of IKEA furniture or thinking through the next five to 10 years of your career, consider making it a habit to begin with the end in mind. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, 
In all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadcornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. The third of the seven habits is to put first things first. In other words, prioritize. And you might be rolling your eyes right now. Of course I need to prioritize. But here's what I invite you to consider. There's probably a whole lot more that you could be prioritizing. Here's an example using your email inbox. When you open up your inbox, do you open the first email at the top, answer it, and then move to the next one on the list? Answer that one, and then move to the next one down. Repeat, repeat until you're done, or until you get distracted and have to head to a meeting. If that sounds like you, here's an alternative that puts the first thing first. Open your inbox and scan your unread email looking at senders and subject lines to identify which email is most important and respond to that one first, and then repeat the process. Even better, open the email that seems to be the most important and ask yourself, can I respond to this in two minutes or less? Can I respond to this in two minutes or less? It's worth repeating. If yes, respond now hit send, and move on. If no, flag it and come back to it later. An example with your to-do list. Do you make a list as you think of things and then start with the first thing on your list and work your way down? Or do you make your list and then number your list in ranking order from most important to least important and then tackle things on your list in order of importance? That is putting the first thing first. The fourth habit is to think win-win. This habit is all about compromise and relationships. It's always being on the lookout for a solution that's mutually beneficial and satisfying to each party. Whether you're negotiating one more bedtime story with your toddler choosing a location for your in-law's surprise anniversary party, or you're at the bargaining table with a new business opportunity. Working to achieve a win for everyone keeps the focus on results instead of keeping score. So think about an upcoming interaction in your life, whether personal or professional, in which you'll be working toward an agreement or a shared solution. Consider making it a habit to put yourself in the other person's shoes. What is it they want? And how can you make an offer or a compromise to meet those needs and create a win-win situation? The fifth habit is seek first to understand, then to be understood. In other words, listen first, 
talk second. Certainly not to be confused with Aaron Burr's recommendation to Alexander Hamilton, which was talk less, smile more. That is a completely different can of worms. Before we can offer advice, solutions, or basically tell someone how they should do something or how they should feel about something, we first have to deeply understand where they're coming from. And that takes empathetic, thoughtful listening. Hey, you know, what works for you may not automatically work for someone else. The way you feel about something may not affect someone else in the same way. It's easy to assume that what makes sense for us makes sense for all, because that's all we know personally. One way to make this a habit is to begin paying close attention to the body language of the person we're speaking to. What's being communicated without words? And beyond their words, what's being communicated by their tone of voice? So often, we're only half listening because we're busy stringing together in our minds what we're planning to say next. Next time you find yourself in a situation in which you truly want to understand the other person, or just in general, your next conversation with your partner or your child or colleague, Practice being fully present as you listen and see what a difference it makes. The sixth habit is to synergize. Now, for me, this is one of those annoying business buzzwords that's been so overused in the last decade or so. Synergy, in the context of Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, synergy allows us to create new alternatives and open new possibilities. It's working as a group to create new things. If collaboration lands better for you, as it does for me, then let's use that word instead. No man or woman is an island, and we grow stronger by growing together. If you're a solo business owner listening right now, how can you make collaboration a habit in your day-to-day? Could it be joining a Facebook group filled with others in your solopreneur shoes, forming partnerships and bouncing ideas? If you're a parent, how can you team up with others in your community to create new opportunities for your kids? How can you collaborate with your spouse or co-parent to set standards for behavior in your family? And how can you cultivate that thoughtfulness on a regular basis? Is it a weekly family meeting? Maybe an intentional conversation over breakfast or coffee once a week? And as a supervisor, how can you regularly foster collaboration across your team by building trust and opportunities for cooperation? How can you lead in a way that collaboration becomes habit among your team? Even if we feel alone in something, there truly are opportunities all around us to collaborate. Be proactive, like in habit one, and find opportunities to synergize. And finally, habit number seven, sharpen the saw. Okay, from seventh grade to my senior year of high school, one undeniable constant in my life was ag a.k.a. agriculture class. Seriously. Yes, I am an alumna of the FFA, 
the Future Farmers of America corduroy jacket and all. I grew up in a small town, and during six straight years of ag classes, I learned everything from animal husbandry to tree identification, small engine repair, and welding. I learned how to wire electrical sockets and switches, pour concrete, shave a pig, and I can even tell you how many eggs a chicken has laid by looking at its feet. My crowning achievement, however, was being awarded the High Point Individual Award in the state dairy products competition in 1998, an award that I earned for being the best in the state at identifying cheese and telling you what's wrong with milk. Just like in Napoleon Dynamite, true story. (laughs) But above all, besides the cheese and chickens, my favorite part of ag class was spent building shelves and side tables in the wood shop back behind the classroom. To this day, I love the comforting smell of unfinished wood and sawdust, and it always brings me back to picking out the perfect project plans, measuring twice and cutting once. No flimsy hand saws. We had state-of-the-art table saws, jigsaws, circular saws, and more. And nothing could ruin a perfectly measured piece of pine like a dull saw blade. When you push a fresh board through a dull blade, it chips and splinters the edge of the wood. It looks awful, and you basically have to start over. Okay, so now I'm sure you're wondering what that trip down memory lane has to do with habits and success. So here we go. In order to be effective, effective at whatever it is we do, working, leading, parenting, whatever, We must devote time to renewing, recharging ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. Sharpening the saw in this context is taking care of yourself, your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual life, and your most important relationships. By making recharge a habit, We enable ourselves to show up as our best selves with full cups in every other area of our lives. When we forget to sharpen the saw, when we put our health and well-being and our most important relationships last, things get rough and jagged real quick. So whether you think of this habit as sharpening the saw, filling your cup, or recharging with rest— recreation, and relationships, without this key habit, the rest will be nearly impossible. So let's recap Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. First, be proactive. You are in control. Second, begin with the end in mind. Knowing your destination drives your steps to get there. Third, put first things first. Know what's most important, then prioritize the heck out of everything. Fourth, think win-win. Focusing on shared results leads to a better outcome. Fifth, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Listen thoughtfully and empathetically. Sixth, synergize or, you know, collaborate. (laughs) And seven, 
Sharpen the saw. Take care of yourself so you can show up as your best in every other area of life. And there you have it. Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, as explained by Anna Dearman Cornick. <laughs> there is such an abundance of resources on Covey's Seven Habits, and I'll link to the original book as well as the Franklin Covey website over in the show notes, which can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 40. You can also grab a free printable habit tracker that you can use to capture your newest habit and watch your progress begin to add up day by day. All right, that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.